Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. milestone is obviously a, a special one um, to me, uh, to many of those that are around me. Uh, my wife, my, my son will one day um, be able to recognize that. I think anything beyond this is just um, it's just another number, but I mean, we, I could <laughs> I could go lightly and say, oh, well, yeah, 250, you know, or I could go reach for the stars and say, well, 300, what's wrong with that? I think that Kyle Busch guy might make it. He might, he might have a career in this. So I, have a, I have a feeling we're going to talk about it today on NASCAR America. We have Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, Steve Letarte, myself. How about the weekend with Kyle Busch? Well, you know, he says 200 is just a number. Uh, I hear all these conversations with Richard Petty and this and the other thing. I don't think any of that matters. The simple fact is 200 wins in the top three series of NASCAR is outstanding. And to do it at only 33 years old, um, I don't know where to start, whether it's just his raw talent behind the wheel, whether it's the decisions he's made. You know, it didn't work out at Hendrick Motorsports. He left. He goes to Joe Gibbs Racing. And then we all forget, just got re-signed, right? Quiet as could be, no negotiation, no leverage, was there, no, no mud in the media. He's just doing, I know he, you know, a lot of fans get a little unhappy with Kyle Busch, but he seems to be doing a lot of things right, both behind <laughs> the wheel and outside of the race car. Yeah, you know, I think that first and foremost, he's put himself in the right positions, Uh through his career, and that's all happened. You, you get as good as he is, and he's one of the most talented drivers that I've ever seen. Uh, raced against or watched race, uh, and been around this sport a long time. And but he, he's done the right things. Yeah, are, are there times that all of us wish that you know things would be a little bit different? Yeah, but you you can't fault him for what he's done and uh, the amount of talent that he has, uh, getting himself in in good equipment. And doing the right things. And, again, I go back to it. There, there's no comparison in the numbers other than the number itself. Uh, but what he's been able to do in this time frame is, is remarkable because nobody else has come close to doing anything like what he's been able to do here. Yeah, it's like comparing Michael Jordan and and, and, and any other great basketball player. They're all they're both great. I, yeah. I don't think yeah. it's fair to compare. It's different eras, different things. <laughs> but uh, the one thing I know for sure is that when you – Strap yourself in a race car in NASCAR's top series, all three of the top series, and 20% of the time you win races. I'd say that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> that's not good. That's great. And I don't, I don't care that. I, I, yes, it is for a guy like Kyle Busch, the talent that he has. It is easier for him to win a truck race than it is to win a Cup race. But how many people have won more truck races than Kyle Busch? Yep. <laughs> so, you know, how many people have had more success in Xfinity than Kyle Busch? You know, and look at what he's doing in the Cup Series. It, it is unbelievable. I would have never thought that a person could win 20% of the races that he sits in that race car, yeah. he wins a race. That, that to me, is incredible. But he, he changes the odds. Changes the odds in Vegas, changes the ratings. He's the, like the Tiger Woods of NASCAR, right? When Tiger Woods is in the field, it changes the whole outlook of a golf tournament. That is Kyle Busch, right? When Kyle Busch enters an Xfinity race, enters a truck race, he's in every cup race, 
And it's really just a question of if Joe Gibbs Racing has the equipment, he can win in it. And I think that's what's interesting is, you know, unlike most sports, a car still exists in NASCAR. I mean, you guys are drivers, right? I pride myself on a crew chief. No matter how talented you are, you still have to have a car capable of winning. But Kyle Busch seems to make a lot of cars capable of winning. I'm not sure they're all winning cars, but what he does either in the hauler, in the debris, and definitely behind the wheel, I mean, he, he elevates everyone around him, it seems. Yeah, and let's not let's not minimize it in the fact that he goes back to the trucks in the Xfinity. There are still really good drivers driving the trucks yeah. and the Xfinity series. A lot of the Xfinity, Xfinity wins have come against other Cup drivers uh, in really good equipment too. Uh, so you, you can't minimize that. You know, if you take uh, a home run hitter, if Barry Bonds would have gone back in uh, and to Triple A. Was he going to hit 150 home runs in a year? No, he wasn't going to do that yeah. because there's still exceptional people that you're you're facing there. So Kyle Busch has done the job. He straps in. He works extremely hard at what he does. And he set a, a record here that I don't think that anybody will come close to. I don't think he gets enough credit for the work he puts That's in. That's right. I really don't. I think, uh, I think he is underappreciated by the amount of work he puts in uh, and the commitment he has to the sport. One thing we do know is he's been in victory lane and he's done a lot of interviews. In this case, we had Heather DeVoe interviewed him. Let's hear what she had to say in victory lane. He has been chasing his dream since he was a young boy racing dwarf cars at the dirt track at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Today, he gets career 200 over the National Series. We've been talking about this for a long time, the past couple weeks, big story. What does it mean to you and the emotions you're feeling right now, now that you've finally captured that milestone? I mean, it's amazing. It's just, um, it's been... A whirlwind career and a, and a dream come true to be able to get win number one here at Auto Club Speedway and now to bookend it with 200 here at Auto Club Speedway. It just was a special day, you know, and we had green on the race car at St. Patty's Day, so it just kind of all came together. You're only 33 years old. You have a long career ahead of you. So have you picked out another target to shoot for or do you have another number in mind? Yeah, I mean, if, I guess we'll go with 250 right now, but I might as well say 300. But, um, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just about being able to do your job and, and execute and do a good job. And I've got a great crew chief with Adam Stevens. I got a great group of guys with all these guys behind me that do an amazing job to help me get me to these wins. And um, we just keep working. And as we keep working and doing our job, then the wins will come and the win totals will keep adding up. You had the luck of the Irish on your side. You had to over overcome a speeding penalty. What did you tell yourself in that moment to just refocus and go back after that win? I didn't believe it, but um, obviously we did. So it was just. Um, you know, uh, a bit of heartbreak there, but I just knew that I had to keep my focus and try to go out there and get the win. I mean, if we got it, we got it. If we didn't, we didn't. You know, it was just one of those things that um, you never wish would happen, but obviously um, it, ha it happened to us, and we just had to fight back through it. And I knew we had a fast race car, and the guys gave me a great piece, and like you said, we had to have a little bit of luck on our side as well, too, which we did with that, that final caution that came out. You're the only driver to finish in the top 10 so far this season. Do you feel you can continue that streak moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got a strong group. We got great cars. You know, we go to Martinsville, Texas, a few places that we know how to run well at as well. And looking forward to continuing our winning ways and being able to win there. So you reminded me of something. Eric Jones owes me 100 bucks, so I got to go find my 100 bucks. Well, there you have it. Not only does Kyle Busch get to victory lane, but he's going to even win some money. Eric Jones, open up that wallet. Um. I don't know what the bet was, but it was a bad bet. <laughs> sure, you didn't bet against Kyle Busch. I well, wouldn't. That didn't happen. Uh, no, no. What? I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't. You know. I wouldn't for sure. So, what about other takeaways from from Fontana? We all know Kyle Busch won, and really in dominating fashion. Yeah. But, but what else did you guys see that you liked or didn't like? Well, I think um, it seemed to be. We talked about this before the series head west at all, right? That it was very hard to change your equipment if you had stuff. Even though the tracks are very different from Phoenix to Vegas to Fontana. 
it still is a very trying three weeks for the teams. And I think that showed. And what I mean is the teams that were strong were strong on the entire West Coast trip. Joe Gibbs and Team Penske still ran extremely well. Hendrick Motorsports, in my mind, still disappoints. Uh, Richard Childress Racing still riding a little bit of a high. There was moments in there. So that's kind of what I saw. I saw that the West Coast grind is still real, even with technology and Steve with, you know, team planes and everything else. It's still a long ways from the East Coast, and I didn't see a lot of teams really change the equipment. Yeah, I, I think what I came away with was that good teams uh, are, are still going to be the best ones, and the, the drivers uh, with the experience and understanding I, uh, of, of what it takes to, to run up front regardless of what the rules may be. I, I do still favor the fact, though, that the drivers that I'm watching run up front the most are ones that have been driving Xfinity cars and trucks uh, over the last few years. And I think that has really made uh, a big difference in this. And, and you know, whether you want to call it the momentum or just the feel of that and, and the understanding of what it takes, what you need in your car uh, to, to withstand uh, through a run. Not just driving, but working on them. My point is, he mentions the drivers. I'm going to look at the car. Yeah. Team Penske, Joe Gibbs Racing have outstanding Xfinity programs. It has to help. Yeah, and, and they promote from within. Yeah. Like, they from a lot of guys that are in the Xfinity, in the cup program now, came from their Xfinity program. And I think that matters. I, I think what's going to be interesting as far as the Xfinity series goes is do they change the rules? Because currently, uh, between trucks and, and cup cars, Xfinity cars are probably the worst driving cars. And so when you look at it from a stepping stone, does it make sense to change what the package is for the Xfinity drivers to have them more prepared for, for Cup? That, that, all that conversation is for another day, but I find that, uh, I find that will be a compelling conversation. I think uh, one of the things I find interesting is so much conversation about the rules yeah. and so much debate about what was going to happen. And at the end of the day, the best drivers, the best cars, the best handling cars, the guys that can stay in the throttle the most, they're the guys that have the best chance to win. And I... Yeah. That's how it was last year. That the races don't look that different. I'm, I'm really, I'm a little surprised. The restarts look different, but the rest of the racing really just doesn't look that different to me. It looks very, very similar to what we saw last year. And I'm the wrong guy to discuss with the rules because I'm not here to debate it. Nor will I go on social media and debate it. A, a driver just won his 200th NASCAR race, and I have to hear about the rules. We, we, you had different rules than everybody. you, different rules yeah. than Dale Sr., different <laughs> rules than Richard Petty. The simple fact is I've been to late model races, dirt races, asphalt races. I don't care about the rules. I go to watch competition, and I feel that there's been a little bit of lack of yellows, which could have hurt some races, yet still there was some decent competition. Were they all the best races ever? No, I'm not here to sell that they were. I wasn't really disappointed. A little surprised they didn't look different. Um, I mean, such a drastic change, and they kind of look the no, same. It was I, shocking. I, yeah. I, I'm surprised down the back straightaway they didn't draft up yes, harder nothing. than they yeah, did. Yeah. really surprised me. Yeah, I'd have to say that that's been the surprising part to me is that uh, at a place like Vegas and, and I, I, Atlanta, I could give it that because the worn surface, and, and California is that too, but I thought because of the length of it and, and those straightaways that we would see more drafting that would come into play a little bit more than what it actually did. Well, Kyle Busch won a race for sure, but there are other guys that I think you could say had winning moments. There were some others that had losing moments. We're going to talk about that when we come back. And also, I hate to do this to you guys, we're going to talk about qualifying. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we're going to have to do it. I think we saw really a very typical Auto Club Speedway race. I mean, these restarts are nuts. You can't get away. Green flag back out. It's on. 17 was on old tires. The 14 was blowing up, and they decided to restart the front. Just, I don't know, pretty dumb. Whoa, trouble. trouble. Crash, turn two. Big trouble. Ricky Stenhouse. 
thanks to them, it tore our car up, and then we had to battle all day. We had a shot to get the lead, and just didn't work out for us. Well, Ryan Blaney's teammates not doing him any favors, giving a huge shove to Kyle Busch. Maybe we weren't in the right spot on that one. Obviously not. We didn't finish race, win the race, but um, you just learn from that and uh, try to do better next time. That side draft, the two Keselowski. Now here comes Kyle Busch diving to the bottom. Kyle was just faster, you know. Uh, he was so much faster through the corner. We had the same penalty uh, Kyle did at the same time, and we we battled for the first 25 laps or so after that restart, but his car just uh, was able to turn longer than what mine was. Yeah, we're competitive, but we're still just uh, lacking a little bit to the Gibbs cars. They've been the best cars the last three weeks, and uh, we have to keep going. We got a lot of momentum still at Team Penske, where we got a lot of, we still have really good race cars. Yeah, our cars are still nowhere close. We just did a really good job, um, you know, making a good weekend out of out of uh, what we had to deal with. Finished eighth with a tore up car, which it probably shouldn't have finished eighth, but just shows how good of a race car we had. It was everything kind of what we expected uh, going into to today's race. We just uh, didn't quite get the finish we thought. After last year, I've tasted victory. I've, I've tasted what it's like to challenge to, to win races week in and week out. And uh, I'm hungry to get back to that. No one else was happy. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear anybody say, well, we had a great day. I mean, we just got out run, but you know, everybody else is just deflated. As they should be, though. I mean, look, we had this conversation. What was last week's? Would it be okay to run second to Kyle Busch in the Xfinity race was the question. Would that be a win? No. So it's definitely not okay on Sunday. I mean, all of those, Brad Kozlowski said it the best, right? Why did you and I argue maybe who should be number two, number three between Brad and Logano in our brackets for the online piece? Well, because they're both... They want to be better than two or three. They want to be first. And right now, they'll both admit that Kyle Busch had a better car. Yeah, I, and and it wasn't really close. I yeah. think that probably has yeah. them uh, as perplexed right now as anything because all of this, the, the rule changes were made to close up the competition, especially uh, at the front of the field. You thought that. And, and when you go out and get beat like that, and I, I think in listening to Ryan Blaney there and why I was watching the race yesterday, I think that he realized that, yes, it's Penske organization – and you might have other drivers that aren't necessarily teammates, if you will, that, that this is a, a cutthroat business, you know. It, you're yeah. out there for yourself. Yeah, you want to work with your teammates, but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, you, your job is to do the job for your team and your, for your particular team and your sponsor. And that create that's hard being a teammate. You're going to have those, you'll have those issues. You're going to have people get mad at each other. But another thing that I saw a lot of people get mad about was qualifying. Oh boy. And, you know, I, I, I don't, to be honest with you, I really don't want to talk about it, but we, we kind of have to. And, I, you know, I just, uh, you know, when you're well, sitting listen, there you watching. You don't want to talk about it because we talked about it two months ago. Well, and what happened is exactly what we thought might happen. I, I, yeah. And I don't blame, I don't blame the drivers for doing what they have to do to get the best time they can do. I don't blame NASCAR for trying to put a show on, but, I mean, we didn't work in trucks. It didn't work in Xfinity. And I don't know why we thought it was going to work in 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 uh, the Cup Series. So let's go back and remind everybody what happened uh, in the last round. You know, everybody had learned that it was just best to just sit and wait. And let's see what they did. And Guys, we're going to we have go. some drivers that's not going to make it oh, back, no doubt I believe. About it. It's going to be They're really, really it. tight. Obviously, having... The last 12 cars wait and kind of making a mockery out of the qualifying is not what we expect for our fans. Three, two, one, time is Nobody made it. We have a little work to do on our, our part to get a little bit better format so things like that can happen. I'd say they definitely have some work to do. Well, so, <laughs> so here's the struggle. I, I am not happy with the format. I wasn't happy with it in February, right? We, we had a feeling this could happen. 
You mentioned trucks and Xfinity. I do blame for that specific instance the drivers, definitely the drivers that were 8 through 12 in the round before because why not go, forget about waiting, why not go with three minutes left? I don't think anybody would have followed you and you could have at least put a time up. So I'm a little frustrated with the drivers that none of them made time. But if I'm one of the top six cars, I understand the strategy, right? I mean, because to be honest with you, start at 10th or first, eh, first is really what everybody wanted. So, I mean, I see how it could happen. I, I totally disappointed in the whole thing because you knew what was going to happen, uh, especially the first part of this year. Um, with this, uh, the opportunity was there. We knew with the slower speeds what drafting was going to, uh, how much it was going to affect the cars. I was a little disappointed, Steve, in, in maybe a crew chief or a spotter that hadn't figured out exactly like how long they were going to sit there because it's, it's come close a couple of times already. Uh, but somebody didn't say, okay, this is what we need, and jump out there and be that one person that got there just in time uh, and, and take that chance. You know, as you said, if you were 8 to 12, you might not be going to get yourself in that position anyway. Why not take a risk knowing exactly what you could do to get back to the line that somebody hadn't figured that out? It says a lot about the length of the races. You know, knockout qualifying came from Formula One. What we see in Formula One is if you qualify first or second, your chance of winning the races go up dramatically. I don't really see that in a 500-mile race. Other than some tracks where the number one pit stall is a gigantic advantage, I'm not discounting qualifying. Qualifying bad still hurts you. But bad is not making the final round. Once you make the final round, you're on the first three or four or five rows of the race. I think all of these cars right here had a successful qualifying. Look at them. They basically all were like, we won't run. Before I help you sit on the pole, I won't make a lap. Yeah, I, I think, they, too, they all got spread out. I don't know that there was room to get by. If you were the 16th car or 12th car, I don't know if there's room to get by and get on the racetrack. But one thing we know is that you know NASCAR wants to put a show on for the fans. They want yeah. the fans at the racetrack to enjoy what they're doing. They want the fans on TV to enjoy what they're watching. I mean, that's what they were trying to do with this format. And I give NASCAR a lot of credit for trying to give the fans something. But you can't trust the competitors to work with you. Yeah. I, I, the competitors are there to get the best they can, to get the best result they can. And unfortunately, the competitors just aren't going to worry about it. They aren't going to worry about anything other than what is self-serving or what could hurt them. And, you know, that's just where that is. And that's I don't care if you're a basketball player, a football player, a race car driver, a spot on a race team. Your job is to get the best performance you can for your team. And you just can't trust the drivers, the teams, and the car owners to work with you to make the race better or the event better. They worry about their performance, and that's it. So in my mind, what's next? And it's crystal clear to me. I've seen all these suggestions. I think you just have to go back to single car qualifying at all the tracks that drafting are an advantage. It's going to be a ton of work for the teams. It's going to be a ton of money for the teams. I think NASCAR can remind the teams that it wasn't necessary until you guys chose not to run in the final round. So now this is the box we're in. We're not making more convoluted rules we need to enforce. We don't need extra time. We don't need it. There was more than enough time. Go to single car qualifying. That's a great point. Is if the first car owner that comes to me and says, well, now i got to spend all this money to do single car qualifying, and I'm NASCAR, I'm saying I hate it for you. Yeah. Like, we gave you a chance to go out and run. You didn't want to run. If it's going to cost you more money, you participated in this system. Uh, It's a great point. Because NASCAR NASCAR took a risk. That's right. Doing this. And they didn't help them. They did not help them when they took their risk. And, you know, one other thing happened on on Sunday that that I found interesting. You know, I didn't know you could win and lose at the same time. But we had in victory lane on Sunday – we had something. I guess it's funny to me. This poor lady, she's in Victor Lane oh, celebrating, no. oh, and the confetti a... camera, I mean, the confetti cannon got oh. the better of her. So you never know where it's the right place. You would think Victory Lane would be a safe place. Yeah. 
I don't have a lot of experience there, so I probably could have walked in front of the cannon as well. Only 15 <laughs> times. You notice Kyle, he had it. He was standing on the door 200 times. He has it figured out for sure. Well, yeah. I don't have quite as much experience. It's 200 wins, and it's been interesting how he's gotten all those wins. We come back, let's check it out. He's been, you know, it's been really interesting uh, how he's become NASCAR's dominant driver. Hadn't always been easy. We'll check it out when we come back. Well, I think uh, take a look at football. You know, we got something going on over there that's what. <laughs> we got a team that's dominating things. I just want to check that the uh, Hall of Fame coach of the Washington Redskins compared his driver to the New England Patriots. No, I did not. I did not <laughs> mention. I did not mention that name. I just said it does happen in pro sports. <laughs> That's the extent of the discussion necessary relative to Bush becoming the second NASCAR driver to post 200 National Series wins. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. There's no parallel between what Bush has accomplished in the 21st century and what Richard Petty did in the last. This occasion, Richard Petty winning his 200th, it's quite a day. Well, it certainly is. I understand that no one in the whole history of racing has ever done that, or ever won 200 races. Let's cease the comparisons about how many wins Bush already has and instead talk about how he got them and how many more he could get. 250? 300? Kyle Bush is 34, or five years from when many stars enter their prime. If he races into his 40s, he easily could reach 300 wins at his current percentage of winning one of every five starts. He likely would have surpassed 200 wins months ago, if not for two rules that curtailed his ability to compete. The first, an age restriction in 2001 that kept him out of NASCAR for 18 months, and the second that recently has limited his Xfinity and Truck Series participation. Neither kept him from knocking out a dozen weekend sweeps, including two triple headers at Bristol Motor Speedway often demoralizing the field while becoming the most brashly polarizing star since Dale Earnhardt's glory days. What time is it? Time for all you haters to shut up! Bush has won at every track. Kyle Bush has now conquered every active track on the NASCAR circuit. And he has a secret weapon in crew chief Adam Stevens. It was on the heels of Bush's biggest slump, a lone win across all three series in 2012, that Stevens arrived and helped turn Bush into the consistent superstar he has become. Kyle Bush, I love you, man. I've never seen anything like it. Starting with a record 12 Xfinity wins together in 2013, Stevens and Bush have combined over the past six years for 43 of the driver's 200 wins. Bush's fiery persona made it virtually impossible to accept second, but with the expectations spurred by Stevens' excellence, everything now is must-win. The King's immortal record of 200 wins isn't dead. But long live the new King. Nate Ryan bringing it again. That was, Nate Ryan does such a good job. But here you go, wins through age 34. Uh, check this out, you know, Jeff Gordon. Uh, look, look at the race wins and what they've done uh, through the age 34 season. Yeah, and I think 
that, that's what I look at. Is it's not just 200 wins, but it's 53 cup wins. Yeah. I mean, that that is an outstanding number. When you look at the list of people who have won cup races, I mean, he's inside the top 10, and everyone around him is a Hall of Famer, and Kyle Busch will be a Hall of Famer. I don't think I'm going out on a limb <laughs> saying that. The question really is when. Right, you're eligible after being out of a car. So when is Kyle like? Does he drive till he's 40, till he's 45? What is the new era of NASCAR with success like Kyle Busch's? You know, what does it look like? Yeah, I think that's going to help determine how many wins. Uh, I think he's still very capable of averaging for the next 12 years uh, five wins uh, a year. And, and, and I'm talking the, in the Cup Series. And uh, so, I, you know, to me, that's the thing. Where does he end up on this list here for cup wins, uh, and, you know, I think that's the most important thing that we have going now. He reached this 200 uh, milestone that was important to him, and it's certainly an important number to talk about. But how far up this uh, list can he get? And I fully believe that that he can get there and challenge what David Pearson has put down. But it's a lot of wins. Uh, you know, obviously, see Lee Petty and the next two aren't that many wins. But get to to Rusty, that's like 20 yeah. more wins. I mean, that's. Think about that. I mean, I won 21 total my whole career. He's talking about winning 20 to be able to get to Rusty Wallace. That's a lot of winning he's going to have to do to get to that, you know, seventh, eighth spot. Yeah, well, that's where I, I that's where DJ and I disagree, right? He thinks he has a shot to get over 100. Um, I don't. I, I believe that he's at the tip of the bell curve. I think well, the numbers he's putting up are outstanding. I mean, I've seen it with too many great drivers, from Jeff Gordon to Jimmy Johnson. The list continues. They continue to win because they are great drivers. But I just don't see it possible that he could continue to win this rate. I think that that's what's going to slow him down. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love for Kyle Busch to go out there and try to prove me wrong. I just don't see it. I think that there's a reason there's a clump of drivers in the 70 to 80 category, uh, at least a couple handfuls, and I think that's where Kyle, you know, I think 25, 30 wins. Regardless, you're still talking a Hall of Fame career. Oh, yeah. I just think that's where he, I don't think it'll be three digits. But, but then again, Ten years ago, I, maybe I didn't think he was going to win 200, so who knows? And the thing that we can't predict is we don't know what the future of the race team he's driving for. I mean, it's easy to say, you know, well, he drives for Joe Gibbs Racing, and they're always competitive. Well, we could say the same thing about a lot of race teams that became uncompetitive. So we don't know about that. We don't know how age affects a person. We do know there's a fall off in your ability for some reason as you get older. Almost every driver yeah. has yeah. the success. We, and we just don't know when that's going to happen. But what we do know about Kyle Busch is he wins and wins in many different ways. And it was no different on Sunday. He had a dominant car, but it wasn't that easy, right? So each week on Monday, the three of us sit down and we kind of look at the turning point, right? What part of the race? Well, I think we were fortunate that Kyle Busch had an issue on pit road, or maybe there wasn't a turning point. Maybe it was when the 18 <laughs> came off the truck, because this is after the end of stage two, Jeff. He won stage one, won stage two, and at this point, had the dominant car hands down. Yeah, the only mistake I see that Kyle Busch made all day was this, the speeding penalty. Obviously, was a mistake that he made. I think it was an unforced error. I think when you watch him roll off pit road right here, there's really no need. At this point right here, you're looking, you're seeing who you're racing you can kind of get a glimpse of what they're doing on their cars. There was no need for him to speed leaving pit road. He was going to easily beat everybody off pit road. That was really the only mistake that Kyle Busch made all day. DJ, that puts him all the way back. 21st car in line, 18th car on the lead lap. You see him all the way back here in traffic. And at this point, I think it comes down to mental fortitude. It doesn't change the car he's driving. It's been the greatest car all day. So what is the plan? And I think that starts on top of the pit box. I was yeah. proud. Adam Stevens jumps on the radio here, and he kind of sets the tone for Kyle Busch and lets him know where they stand with how many laps left in the race. Plenty of laps up here, man. A lot of the guys on the tail end of the lead lap are hurt. We'll get back up in the top ten here in a handful of laps, get a couple late cautions, get back right back in it. If there's any car and any driver that can get back up there, it's us. Got to pace ourselves. Can't do it with a broke car. 
So I, listen, I can't drive. So all I can do as a crew chief is to try to help set the stage. DJ, I like what he said there, right? He took what was a fiery driver and tried to at least, <laughs> I guess, pill the reins back a little bit, just try to keep him in calm. Well, he knows his driver, and he knew exactly at that point in time that he understood what was going to happen. He knew how much he beat himself up after Las Vegas for the mistake that he made there. But look at the moves that he made here. This wasn't... Didn't look like a driver to me that listened to any of that right at that time. Yeah, don't break your car, man. But we're going to go three wide, two wide, do all those kind of things. And that move that he just made right there, I, I like how he knew he was open and clear right there, I don't know. Uh, just an incredibly aggressive move. Obviously, he was clear and made it happen. But these are good race cars he's passing right here. Yeah. These are cars that ran well all day long. So there comes the problem, right? Because now what happens is he's passing cars. He's moving it through the field. He's passing positions. He's easily got the 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th. You see the positions. The problem, the column on the right, right? Adam Stevens now sees why they can catch cars and they can pass cars. They are not making up any ground on the leader, Brad Kozlowski. You see with seven seconds behind, all the way up to fifth, he's still 8.3 seconds behind. So now he has a choice. You could try to short pit Brad Kozlowski. I feel that would be futile. Brad knows who he's racing. He would short pit on top of you. So instead, Jeff, he runs long. He lets Brad come to pit road first. Yeah, Brad Keselowski on pit road, and I think the instinct would be to be on pit road before him, but Adam Stevens knew that wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to make up eight seconds, so he took the opposite approach. We're going to stay out here as long as we can. Hope this happens. Yeah. Hope we get the caution, and that's going to trap a lot of people to lap down because he stayed on the racetrack long enough and lapped some people, and that really helped him get the position he needed. Well, you don't win 200 races by not being fortunate uh, along the way at some point in time. He puts himself in great position, but this was a, an excellent call. But as much as it seemed that at that point in time, okay, this is going to be easy. He's got his tires. He's starting up front. He's in control of everything. And it wasn't like that uh, after the restart because he found himself having to make up after getting past there. Yeah, but they still overcome the mistake. And I think that was the key. That was the turning point is I think the three of us agree under green. I don't believe he beats Brad Kozlowski. I'm right, just not sure right. he can make up eight seconds. Yeah. We could be wrong. Maybe he makes the perfect adjustment. We will never know. But the simple fact is what I loved is Adam gave him a pep talk. Kyle did what he asked. He didn't damage the car. And then Adam, Adam in return said, okay, what can I do? What are my best options? There are no guarantees. What are my best options? He took one, and then he got lucky with the yellow. The other thing Adam did is he – remember what he said? He said – we're going, he said, we're going to get a few cautions. Yeah. Adam Stevens knew that he wasn't going to win without any cautions. And, and he told Kyle Busch that. Yeah. He said, we're going to, you know, he said, we're going to get some cautions. He knew that. He couldn't win without it. He already put that in his head before the restart ever happened. And he, he based his strategy on that. Well, That's just thinking ahead. That's accepting, okay, we got the fastest race yeah, right, car. My right. guy just sped. I can't be in denial. I think we're going to do something we can't. This is the information I have. What are we going to have to do? He gambled. Right? He did what he had to do to win the race. He didn't just say, well, let's get a third, let's get a fourth. He did what he had to do, made the gamble to win the race, and it worked out for him. He raced like he already had a win, which he does. Yes. Even if the yellow comes out after his pit stop, it still would have been okay. He would have the freshest tires. Yeah, when you have a, when you already have a win and a fast race car and maybe the best <laughs> driver out there, it gives you a lot of good options. And I think that's why we see guys win so many multiple races, you know, these big three of these dominant cars because yeah. the teams are starting to learn. I already have a win. Now all I need is more wins, more bonus points. You know, what, what's, what's bad for us, we're playing fantasy, right? And we can only pick our guy, one guy, so many times. So I don't know how many of us <laughs> had Kyle Busch. You know, we all wanted him, but we can't pick him all the time. But um, when we come back, we'll check that out, see where we all stand. I don't know that we really want to see where we no stand, problem. but we're going to have to week. We'll have proud. look at it. <laughs> Thank you.
I'm smiling uh, ear to ear going down the straightaways because you have so much time on the straightaways now with the way the rules are set up. You got to get it in the corners, and we're getting there. Uh, today was a good step in running something different with the car and having a shot at uh, at least seeing the front. What we're doing really well is making the car better and better and better all race long. So once we get the start good, then maybe we'll be good. But thanks to Monster, Chevy, everybody that's pushing on this one car, it's, uh, we're having fun. We're smiling. Well, how about Kurt Busch? I mean, he's gotten off <laughs> to a very, very solid start. Yeah, when I look at other winners from Fontana, Kurt Busch jumps to mind, and really all of 2019 um, look, I'll be the one to say it. When I saw him going to Chip Ganassi Racing, I thought, ah, one-year deal, you know, kind of a bridge until I can get another younger driver. If I'm Chip Ganassi or their COO there over there, Doug Ducard, I'm probably grabbing Chip Ganassi's sleeve and saying, hey, I know he's 40. He'll be 41 in August, but Kerr Bush is, is the leader in the Chevrolet camp. He is not only the leader of Chip Ganassi Racing, he's leading the entire or Bowtie Brigade and being calm. They're not the Kurt Busch we know, so I, I, you have to wonder how much he has left in the tank to keep going. I, I, Kurt Busch, has, he's always been an outstanding driver, and obviously when his younger brother came along and has put up big numbers that, like he has, people kind of forgot about Kurt and how good he really is. I think that the rules package plays into his favor, but when he goes over and he's outrunning what we all, I think, or many of us considered uh, the next young driver that's going to dominate in, in Kyle Larson, and, and he's outrunning him week in and week out. And then you look back over at Stuart Haas and see what the car is doing that he left there uh, from, yeah. that it hasn't run in the top ten very little. Uh, then you realize just how talented Kirk Busch is. So I think his stock is up. I hope he's over there saying, hey, when can we sign this second year yeah, on this? Right. Because right now his stock is way up there. He's doing an amazing job he, he has to be having fun yeah that, you know that's a whole that's a big deal about having fun is is if you want to drive these race cars and do uh, have all this pressure you have to be having fun and with the success he's having uh that's got to be happening for kurt and if you're kyle larson i think you have to be trying to befriend kurt bush the best you can because he's seen it all he's driven basically everywhere he's been on big teams small teams up years down years so i think kyle larson still early in his career could definitely learn all that veteran wisdom. Not about driving, but everything else. Yeah, and, and the calmness. Yeah. And Kurt Busch has become that guy. You know, all, drivers change throughout the career, their careers, and Kurt started that last year, and he's now the consistent guy, consistent Kurt Busch. Some, another group that I think is, is, is winning, but in a, in a different kind of way, RCR has some improvement. I, I think RCR is better today than they were last year as compared to their competition. Their numbers aren't necessarily showing it. You know, so Austin Dillon's still pretty far down in the points. But still, I feel like that when I've, I'm starting to see RCR have speed. They qualify well. Uh, obviously, the pole this weekend in a weird situation, but they did sit on the pole. But then speed throughout the race. I, I'm starting to see them consistently be in that top 10, top 12. Yeah, and even Daniel Hamrick does a nice job. I mean, we, you see him up inside the top ten a lot. You're talking about a driver there that that has come through and you know no experience in the Cup Series and and doing a really good job. So uh, there is an uptick. I think you know kind of downsizing for them and putting their focus on these two cars uh, is helping them in a lot of ways. But I think Austin Dillon also is becoming a better driver, and, and I think he's more hands-on. And maybe some of the pressure is going away uh, with with what he had in the past. And, and they are performing at a much higher level. Now it's time for RCR to take the next step, which is don't celebrate the uptick in performance, yeah. but be critical about why they don't finish there. And, and that's easier said than done. But my point is, 
The pit crews haven't had to race up there. The crew chiefs hadn't had to call races up there, right? The next step is, okay, guys, we got more speed. What else do we have to do better? Yeah, and I'm going to put another name out. Andy Petrie, going back to Richard Childress Racing, has made a big difference Great in point. the performance of that operation. He'll hold those meetings. He won't be afraid <laughs> to say, we got to get tires on and off. I mean, he'll, yeah. he'll call it like he Absolutely. sees it. Well, before we left, uh, went to commercial last time, I said I'm not sure that we wanted to bring the fantasy standings up, and I think I was really talking about myself. Because we see right here, I'm the only one on this table that's not on the board. I'm on the right hand of the screen. That's never where you want to be. You want to be in the top five, and I'm currently not. While I'm not proud of a little outside the top 800 of the league, I did have the best weekend I've had in a long time. So Kyle Busch, I was a big Kyle Busch fan this weekend because I had him in all of my bonus picks. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen when I use up these drivers I've been using here for the first five races, but... It's going to come to that time and I have to think about this a little bit more. Just please outscore Rick because I'm sick of hearing that. <laughs> I'm in seventh, so I'm the guy that says qualifying doesn't matter. I'm that guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other big name athletes have reached some milestones lately. We're going to check them out because it's not just about racing. Other guys doing great things as well. Hirschman spotter of the Interstate Batteries, number 18. He is hoping to wrap up that number 200 at the end of this day. Wasn't easy by any stretch. They made him earn it. Got caught speeding on pit lane. Busted for speeding, Kyle Busch. I had to go in the back in typical Kyle Busch fashion. Tenacity, head down, digging, and uh, went by everybody. And uh, we got the checker flag. 200, bud. Good job. Good job, guys. This is eight years with Kyle that I've been working with him. Love him or hate him, but 200, that's a historic day. So hope everybody enjoys that. Oh, yes. That's got to be a fun job spotting for Kurt Kyle Busch, I would yeah, say. I would think <laughs> Lots so. Lots of excitement. So we talked about our other athletes that have had incredible things happen to them lately. Uh, we're going to start, sorry, we're yes. going to start with the ACC tournament. And, uh, Imagine that. Do I see <laughs> Zion Williams, if you haven't watched this guy play, watch him play. He's incredible to watch. Uh, he broke the great... Phil Ford's record for uh, freshman scoring record in the ACC tournament. Phil Ford, a great Carolina ball player, and yeah. on the coaching staff now. Yeah, he sure is, but what an amazing tournament this was. I mean, he comes back from an injury, hadn't played, uh, I think, five games that he missed, maybe, yeah. and came back and was just unbelievable to watch. What, what a great talent. Well, if Zion did it on the court, this next guy, he did it in the negotiating room with his agent, <laughs> and that's Bryce Harper, signing the 13-year $330 million deal. Uh, we talked about Kyle Busch's deal kind of, you know, just nice. got re-upped, and it was quiet. This was anything but quiet. The biggest deal ever in Major League Baseball. Now he has 13 years to live up to it. Yeah, but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, those Phillies fans can be tough. How about this? I know you're shocked that I'm the one that talks about something in golf, but this is a 17th hole at the Players' Championship uh, yesterday. Jonathan Vegas had hit it on the front of the green. Look, this putt had 20 feet of break and 70 feet long. Just incredible. Longest putt that's ever been made uh, on this green. And by looking at that green, going to be the longest because <laughs> the next guy would have been in a rowboat. So, But you think about it, what, what a great week. Kyle Busch. Huge accomplishment. You mentioned Zion Williams, right? ACC basketball. The, the brackets are coming up. And uh, the thing we get short track racing coming up, I'm excited. Oh, Martinsville this week. Oh, I am yeah. excited about I that. I don't want to hear nothing about rules. No rules. You know, that putt, yeah, I, like, I like the Martinsville package. That's for sure. Yeah, I have my right. racetrack, go yeah. short track, go after it. But that putt looked like one of my drives. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to admit it, but hey, remember all day tomorrow, uh, check out NBCSports.com uh, for NASCAR America. The splash and go. Always a good time. Thank you. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.